Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back once again, fresh off of the 4th of July. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tosopoulos, Nikki Snacks, Kreider, and the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up, because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast, and we got a special guest on this one. One of my good friends, one of my former teammates, Alex De La Torre joins the boys. He's a brand new father. Congratulations Congrats. on the new baby, De La. It's gosh, uh, man. Coaching high school football now, though, right at Wiley High School. Uh, how's that been going for you, man? You've been coaching about what three years now? Uh, it's been more, man. It's been since we uh, since we got done after pro day uh, back in sixteen. At the same time, I was kind of on the side getting my alt certification and uh yeah. pretty much started that that summer so 20 2016 this will be just finished my sixth year oh wow yeah, time, time flies yeah man so was that back at home at ryan uh didn't ryan for a little bit and then i actually got the wiley east job uh doing the special teams coordinator coaching the backers uh it's been fun man it's very rewarding and and i love what i do it's it's the best profession in the world, in my opinion. And your dad was uh, is a coach, right, for Denton Ryan still? Yeah, he's the defensive coordinator. Got mm-hmm. it. So, so you've always had an inclination to coach, yeah? Yeah, yeah. What's weird is I, I never wanted to coach. You know, I kind of been coached my whole life with my dad, but whenever, whenever we ended up going our freshman, sophomore year, I'd come back and help him out during spring ball and just kind of fell in love with it, you know, like the kids, seeing them take what you're telling them to do you know, and trust in the process. And then you see those results and it kind of, you know, it's very gratifying to see all that hard work pay off, you know? Uh, and plus you get to stay around the game and stay young a little bit. So it's, it's definitely fun. And you get to coach in the best high school football in the United oh. States of America, baby. Oh, I know Good times, man. I saw somebody retweet something saying Florida's high school football is way better than Texas. And I'm like, ah, oh. I never comment on stuff, but I was very close to commenting. Like, <laughs> hey, it's smart because all they want to do is argue on that. They have nothing but time on their hands <laughs> on there. I've gotten in plenty of those spats. I, it's a funny story. When I was in Cincinnati, I may have told it before, but I had a guy from Oklahoma, from Ohio there and high school kid talking all that crap about Texas. And I didn't even bring it up. And he brought it up and he's like, man, we play at Canton. And I was like, that's actually pretty cool. I was like, yeah, yeah. Canton. I played there when I, you know, when we played uh, a game against the Cowboys, what is seat about 8,000? And he was like, yeah, and it's packed. <laughs> I said, yeah. Have you checked Jerry's World lately? Because Texas high school football fills at least the lower bowl of it up, and that's about forty-five to 50,000. Yeah. Easy. He blew his mind. It's crazy. Easy. People always go at Texas high school football. I remember my 21st birthday. I'm from New York, and one of my buddies tried to get at one of my other buddies, like not aggressively, but just simply saying that, New Jersey high school football was better than Texas football. I mean, and I said, on. grab a pillow and a blanket, dude. That's what I told him. There's a couch right there. You're done for the night. We had to, to send him out. Florida can have a, at least a small portion of the conversation. Oh, no, it's hilarious. Uh, Della, did you have you noticed anything different now that obviously being a coach uh, and looking back at your days as a Longhorn on the team, anything that you've learned now that has made you think differently of your coaches then? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, and, Nick, you probably remember T-Rob, right? Mm-hmm. Of Boy, course. T-Rob on me hard, man, because he, he asked me, and I actually took some stuff, a lot of stuff from him, but uh, he asked me straight up, he said, what are your goals? He goes, whatever you say, I'm going to hold you to them. He's like, you want to be NFL fullback? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, all right, well, I'm about to show you. And by far was the hardest on me. You can ask anybody in that room. There's a lot of funny stories. Him just what's crazy is he never cussed. You know, he's always yelling foot and he's got all these different words for the different terms he, sh- he would be saying or other coaches may be saying. But, uh, you know, he, he actually did show me a lot of things in terms of uh, teaching me the game, uh, in terms of the uh, 
I guess, the integrity of the offense, right? So it's not, hey, you're blocking, you know, uh, this weak side backer to safety to any other threat, right? He's telling you everything and he's teaching you the entire scheme, right? Which is, that's a pretty good teacher, right? And what I've learned teaching, it's how do you make complicated things simple, right? A lot of good coaches find a way to do that. And it looks real, you know, high tech, like all those high powered offenses, they keep it pretty simple and, and, and they just practice the crap out of it and, and get really good at it. But for me, in terms of teaching, Something I've taken from him is he tries to teach you why we run these concepts, not just, hey, you have a post here. Here's why you have a post. This is why you're going to come back if he's playing off coverage, you know, soft man, or if, you know, you see two high safeties. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just really broke it down. Yeah. Really got, I mean, Quan, you know, reading the safeties and then corners and the coverage and the body position, like just teaching all of that, right? Things I never necessarily took um, or understood from the get-go as a young player. You know, that's something that I really can look back and I appreciate him doing that because he made me uh, really prepared to be a coach. And so the transition was really smooth um, for me. And just looking back, yeah, it was different. But uh, I think it could have been a lot worse if I wasn't prepared enough. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy, man. It's coming back. And, and, you know, a lot of guys, I'm like, coaching is different. Like, you really – you could be a great player, but sometimes it's hard to be a really good coach. Um, there's a lot of different aspects to it, you know, uh, but it's interesting to look back and, and see some of those things, uh, that he told me about that. I was going to see if you become a coach and hell they're happening. So yeah. someone said that about like John Elway. It was very interesting. You said that because even like some of the great players, like and John Elway obviously runs the team, not the coach, but everyone's like, he runs the Broncos. How come he keeps flopping on drafting quarterbacks? Because outside of Peyton Manning, they haven't really had much success there. And people think it's because of the way he sees himself and his understanding of the game was so much easier for him that he's having a tougher time evaluate like actual talent because he can't really assess what it's not like to be great. And he really hasn't like the, his understanding of the game is different for a player who's had to maybe work a little harder to get to be great than he had. To mm -hmm. be. Seeing him as a president, what's funny is he's very good at every other aspect, but he struggle buses with the quarterback position. I mean, like you said, he got Peyton uh, after we all got fired in Indy and I ended up going over there too. And now the kudos from him being a hall of famer or not is he's like, damn, I keep missing on these quarterbacks out of the draft. I'm going to go get Russ. So having that ability to just be that Hall of Fame perspective and mindset and to even take a step back and say, okay, I'm not very good at that. Talk about sports. Talk about things that in teaching. Alex, you keep talking about, you know, how you learn how to teach, how you coach, and you teach the players a lot. That's pretty cool. But a great example, Josh, for uh, Elway and just his process as a president versus being the Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, that registry's right there. There's a guy on your former team who is one of the best players in the country a uh, guy that the long and all our longhorn like groups and everything people are chomping at the bit for him it's a crazy process for these young guys now before we kind of get into anthony hell what are you seeing on the high school level obviously it's so different with nil compared to when you were there how are these kids handling it in high school how is their work ethic how are they taking the coaching you guys are giving them because that's been a lot of our discussions obviously you we all saw the cell phone video that was on uh last season mm -hmm. Um, that was taken. And the biggest thing was not the coach yelling, but the kid taking the video and the maturity level there. So what's it been like as far as maturity goes, how the kids are handling NIL and maybe some of the bigger players like Anthony Hill that you're seeing. That's a great question, man. And there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, what the biggest thing being, you know, your village around you, right. You got your high school coaches and, and your teammates. That's, that's part of your village. You have your you know parents at home. Uh, and then, you know, any other uh, people that you may work with outside, you know, specialists working skills, strength, conditioning, stuff like that. But no, I mean, it is completely changed. It's um, it's a lot different. And I, I don't feel like we're that old, Nick, but it, we didn't see this. You know, they, no. they, they barely had graphics when we came out, you know, which looking back, I'm like, dang, I love an edit. But like now, it's you know, <laughs> yeah, you actually watch tape back in those days. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember going and sitting with with uh, Coach Giles and Manny, and we're watching tape when I visited. Like we didn't do photos or nothing. We were watching tape. We we're going through stuff. I was talking with uh, Coach Blake. Uh, he was at LSU recently. I'm not too sure Coach Baker where he's at now. But we I remember sitting with them, 
and watching film. Like that was kind of the visit tour. All right, man, uh, we're going to offer you. And I'm like, done deal, you know, just because I grew up such a, a UT guy. And I knew not, without a doubt that was where I wanted to be. Um, but, man, from, from seeing it from my perspective, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the game's changed and, like, college is different. But, like, we got to remember kids are going to be kids. Kids are going to be the same. It's not the kids that are changing. I mean, there's different extraneous factors around us that make things different. Like, everything's new now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So kids are being kids. Like, they're going to do what's cool. Like, yeah. the cool thing to do is to go on visits to Bama and, you know, the big-time schools. Like, guys, we're going to do that just because that's an experience itself. It's kind of the same thing with, with recruiting nowadays, man. It's just so um, – it's complex, and, and a lot of coaches want to make sure they're crossing, you know, those boxes off. Are we providing them this, 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 this? And it's a competition almost, you know, nowadays to who can I – can I attract the most attention and the most yeah. – you know, synergy, right? This is where you're going to fit. I think it's a, a lot harder because now you're having to prepare almost, you know, case reports like, hey, this is where you're going to be. This is where we see you. You know, you're having to plan this for every recruit that you get. Um, man, it, it's, it's got, that's a really hard and long question to answer. Yeah. That would take a little bit more research. Like, let's really look at it, you know. But uh, from my perspective, you know, as a coach, and I try not to judge uh, any kids uh or what their parents decide just because that's their decision you know and um what i try to do obviously you know i'd love to see good players go to my alma mater but at the end of the day it's like hey whatever is your best fit and where you can see yourself being the next four years i think we kind of kids kind of lose that in hindsight especially now with the transfer portal um so there's just so many different things uh going on nowadays like I don't know if it'll ever be kind of like what it was, you know? Yeah, I highly doubt uh, it. It's just, it's crazy, man. But Anthony Hill, they're doing a great job. Um, you know, I've known Anthony since he was seven, and his parents are great. Um, you know, great family, great kid, works hard, balls out. I mean, what else can you do? <laughs> I mean, you can't ask that kid to do any more. He works hard, uh, strong, fast, uh, great, great player. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully he ends up with the good guys. That's what I'd hope. Yeah, we'd all be heartbroken if he didn't. But, you know, you bring up a good point. Kids will be kids. But these, these last, I don't know, eight, ten years, this is a whole other generation of, of kids in general. The technology with social media, with TikTok, with vlogging, with how much money you can make off Instagram now and your likeness. I mean, the NIL just shaped this whole landscape. And it's interesting because colleges really also have to not only look at the player, but also the brand too. They have to accommodate how big of a brand that player is going to be. Right. And all these kids that have millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and Twitter, it's just a whole nother generation. I mean, John Tay cook just committed to Texas, but before he committed to Texas, he was vlogging on every single one of his official visits, right? He's at Bama with like a, a cameraman, like going around his official visit with him. Like you see like the exact same thing that he does when he's walking around on his official visit. So it is definitely very different than, than we were there just a short while ago. It doesn't feel that long ago, but man, the tides have changed. So there's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. yeah. When, when a guy steps onto campus, he commits to UT. I'd love to hear Quan and, and Dela y'all's opinions on what at that point the coaches need to say to focus on because there's so much external messaging when you when you step onto campus there's so many different things that different kids want right some of them want to get to the NFL some of them just want to put on the burn orange some of them want to win a national championship and I think it's really interesting because if you if you look at a high school team and I'm sure you've experienced some of this those external factors are even different right some of it is I want to make a big play in tonight's game because there's a girl in the stands that I like. Like I want to play with my buddies. I want the social aspect of the team, right? Like you get rid of some of those things when you step into, into playing D one college ball, especially on a campus like UT, but what would you like to see? And what do you, what do you tell your kids to, to kind of focus them in on one specific task? And I imagine, you know, that task right now for the burn orange is to win a national championship, or maybe it's, it's, smaller than that. And then it's, there's a bigger one. Of course, there's multiple different goals that you want to achieve in a season, but what do you think 
they should be telling these kids when they step onto campus, onto the 40 acres to get them locked in? I'll go after you, Daylight. Go for it, homie. Well, you know, so if I were to look right now in my perspective at the high school level, you know, I took the Wiley East job. Uh, they've not been very successful in the past recent years. Uh, and and good friend of mine, Coach Marcus Gold, uh, asked me to come and help him bring it back. So it's kind of that's my next chapter as a coach. So what do we like looking at? What do we have to fix? Right. Um, the number one thing is and every coach says it, but culture. Right. You have this certain uh, culture of your program that takes care of it itself. So when you, when we think about, and, and Quan can attest to this because he's played with those guys who are, you know, you were in a great, great time for Texas football, you know, uh, the, the culture takes care of that. That takes them leaders take care of that. You know, you got the Iraq pose, the Colts, the Quans, the Shipleys. Like if you're not going to come in and, and, you know, put in that due process, that's what's going to take for you to get on the field it's going to handle itself. You know what I mean? So it's maybe getting enough guys with the like-mindedness of we are here to be great and we're going to uphold this culture and standard for our team. And not just because we have to, it's not coach fed, you know, it's player led. We're, we're out here managing us. Right. And the really good teams do that. Um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with our high school at the high school level. Right. Well, uh, we don't have them 24-7 like we do college athletes. I wish we did, right? Uh, can't have enough time. I'd be watching everything, every film. Um, but I do think that that's a big factor in it. Is And I think Quan can agree. Like, the players there and the, the dudes on the team, like when those guys come in, they're the, once you establish that culture and you got all those daily habits those guys do day in, day out, it takes care of itself. So if somebody's not on the same page, you know, it's going to get handled regardless, mm. you know, oh, man. So well said, totally agree. I actually was listening to the radio on the way up here and they were talking about, you know, Quinn versus Hudson and who's more vocal, who's not certainly Roe and Bijan have been more vocal. And I was literally thinking about exactly what Alex just said. I mean, that, that culture is still, and, and I texted even one of the guys, I was like, listen, y'all don't say you're worried because, neither quarterback is overly, you know, expressive or, or not leading with their mouth. And I'm like, two things. One, Hudson's been there a little bit longer, so that might be a little bit concerning or confusing. But Colt didn't talk much his freshman year. You know, he had Casey Stutter in that huddle. He had so many dudes, you know, Blaylock, and, and then a lot of us older guys who have been there. Now he worked his ass off every single play, and we knew that he was going to show up. But culturally to what Dayla is talking about. I remember my very first, um, and you talk about the different mindsets of getting on campus tosses. My very first, uh, me and Jamal were going to a practice, very first seven on seven. And he's like, yeah, Q, I was an All-American, you know, at, at Port Arthur. I was like, yeah, I was at Mart. Yeah, he was at this. Yeah, he was at that. Yeah, he was. We got to get to work, bro. <laughs> Let's go. And we got on the field and Vince flat out, he said, hey, Q, you're already at number two. Like, we need you. And ironically, end up, you know, starting by game four because of injuries. Same. We saw Jamal all over the field his freshman year. So, and then I remember that very first practice, too. I'm straight out of freaking baseball. A. Ross is like, nah, nah, bro. We got to get you out of this baseball shape. Let's go. <laughs> so, we did our two hours of seven on seven. And then we did another one hour of, you know, one-on-ones. And I laughed because I just walked from the parking garage to here. And I'm all where complaining about the heat and I used to do that in the summer like it was nothing so you really like you said it, it's all about that it's about you know knowing and, and really getting on campus now is different because these guys actually think all right there's a good chance I'm going to play as a freshman I'm going to be an impact player honestly from our standpoint we had such dogs on there and dudes and layers of depth I was like I just want to find a place on this team and the rest of it will take care of itself so it's just a whole different time and all the above, which actually takes me into something else. I want to ask you daylight. When we were in high school, bro, the, the most thing we had to deal with, especially I'm my age myself, because first <laughs> it was super Nintendo. I, you know, not, not as much time on super Nintendo. And then we got to PlayStation and all the rest of it, bro, your high school kids that you don't have all day with, they have. So we talk about it on a collegiate level and it's true, but they have so many freaking distractions. 
how the hell do y'all even get, try to, especially like you said, getting back, you know, getting Wally back to where that Den was a machine on every level and is going to continue to be that, that school, but getting Wally back to where it needs to be and managing distractions. How crazy and challenging has that been for you guys? You know, it, it, it's went as well as we could uh, be able to, to have it. At, to be honest, it, it, yeah, it's tough. You know, you, you inherit a, a group of great kids, and um, that's kind of the big thing is we got coaches who are four kids on this staff. That's the thing that you have to have, right, relationships and, you know, um, you know being able to relate to the kids as well. That's a big part to play in it. But for us, you know, we went three and seven last year. Well, let's look at what we could have did better, right? Well, I know for a fact on my special teams, when I'm grading, I'm grading technique and effort, right? Do we just think this is a play off or is this an opportunity to go and steal the ball back? Or is this an opportunity to go and block that kick and get, you know, a, you know whatever award we have for the week, you know? Mm. Um, we're trying to change how they think about things, right? So, for us, we're having to constantly put them in, in hard, stressful situations in order to get used to it, right? Get used to adversity when things aren't wrong uh, and, and then change their mindset of not, oh, crap, here we go again. It's like, oh, all right, let's go respond. You know what I mean? Trying to make that whole transition as an entire group, we're not going to get 100%, but we want to get as close as we can to that as possible. Um, but it's extre it's extremely difficult. Um it's extremely difficult because not only do you have football guys, but they got baseball on Tuesday, Thursdays. Uh, you got dudes playing, playing pickup basketball. And I done told them that's, that's the Q digs rule. Don't go play pickup basketball. You're going to break your wrist or something. <laughs> and I remember Q got that in the spring. Uh, I think what 2013, something happened. Yeah. Yeah. And they told us don't ever, don't, don't be playing no low hoop basketball at Fiji anymore. <laughs> We couldn't do that anymore, but uh, like guys, I mean, they're doing so many things and then we only have them for three hours, maybe a day, uh, certain times during season, three hours a day. But uh, that's kind of the question, right? That's, that's what a head coach has now became. It's not so much X's and O's. It's how can I manage and be super efficient at this to where we can get the most out of the time we get and, and our kids can do the best they can within that time frame. Like how, how can we as coaches set them up to be successful, right? It's on us. We plan it. We set these things. In, and now you got your coaches like me who are, we're the raw, raw guys. So we're always telling them about pushing through. You know what I mean? That's just me yeah. though. Uh, but also being like, look, this is how we have to do it. And then you're just constant, constantly reinforcing those values. You're pointing out, you know, things that are not right. You're pointing out things that are right. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it's so, it goes so deep when you really break it down. Um, it, it's honestly crazy. I don't know how we do it uh, <laughs> as coaches, man, because we're balancing that. Plus, we go home, and now we have our families and well, kids. Y'all have stuff to deal with too. We're talking about everything the kids have to deal with. The coaches have stuff in other lives too yeah, outside of football. Life. Yeah, it's, and I, I, honestly, I, I wanted. I actually asked that question for a reason because Toss mentioned, you know, hey, the distractions, all the different thing. The guy that's worried about the girlfriend. Truth of the matter is, and, and I'm gonna bring this back to a Texas perspective. Yes, those guys are out there. Yes, those people are out there. And if I'm being honest, I think for the last few years, those are the guys we've gotten, the ones who are more concerned about the distractions. The reason Texas fan base and football is fired up now, because, again, did I have a high school girlfriend? Sure, but she knew there's a certain time frame. I'm MIA. You got it. And, if, and guess what? You know what I knew? If I ball out, she's going to be there. So yeah. you want yeah. these dudes that just have a little bit different mindset that that's no longer a distraction, that that's no longer worried about, you know, sure, I had PlayStation, but that comes after taking care of business. And I that's what's cool about what we're seeing in recruiting. I know some, you know, the linebacker you talked about, well, you said it, he's balls to the wall. He, he, he busts his butt. That's those just different level dudes that for, for so many, you know, years, like Alex, like so many of our guys that we've gotten when we were winning, I think that's why, why everybody's fired up because we're getting those kids again. Yeah. And yeah. the margin is so small too. If we look at all our wins and losses over the past, like since like Nick and Alex and yeah. all played on the team, it's just the like point differential is not that, not that far away. It's nothing. And we're actually in a similar position as you're in Dela that like as a Texas Longhorn group where we were five and seven last year, 
y'all were three and seven. And it's goes like little things that are going to take us over the top. And you were, you all were in that position before with Chuck, right? When you guys had a rough year and then it kind of was a bet. It was like five and seven and six and seven, or maybe reverse. And I'm sure things were said yeah. in the locker room. Like what were some of the things that you that were said in that locker room that helped maybe a couple of things that weren't said that you would say to the team now? Well, first off that when we talk about 2014, that's a very unique year because we had, and when we counted it up and again, when I'm talking this, I'm saying it from an even perspective, right? Yeah. Um, whenever coach strong got there, yes. You know, they were looking for a different type of culture. Um, but we had like 12 contributors that the previous year that were either kicked off, which is part of their own fault as well. Right. Um, we had guys who transferred and then guys who just like weren't doing anything. And so they're like, all right, we're going to use this scholarship for someone else. Right. Well, when you take away, you know, those two should have been day one offensive tackles that we had, you know, and and we're shaking up the roster completely. So now it's like, you know, we got different guys in different positions. Um, Some of those leaders that were there, maybe in that position group or that side of the the, uh, phase of of offense, defense or special teams is now not there. So it's like guys are trying to step up and uh, maybe some of it wasn't as authentic because you have some people talking, but not necessarily doing as much as, you know, Duke Thomas, right. Or someone who's earning it week in, week out. There was a disparity for sure um, of guys who weren't doing much, but got the opportunity because of attrition and then you have guys who were there putting it in, maybe competing for a spot or returning who, I mean, there was just some type of dissonance in between um, that we couldn't figure out, especially going into you know our senior year. Uh, we couldn't figure that out. And I think when I look back at it, when all those guys were kicked off, I, I put that on us, man. And it comes back to those kids you were just talking about, Quan. I look at their village, right? Who, who is in their village, right? Are their parents – you know, great. They're on them. They make sure they're doing right. Do you have coaches who are supporting them being their biggest advocate? Um, That's really what, what's setting kids up or, or even your teammates, right? You may not have a village, but when you get on campus, that's your village, right? So we got guys who were failing and not getting straight because they're going to do what they want to do. Well, we didn't handle that, right? We could have helped them. And so I think that was another thing. I don't think, um, and, and me included, right? We all were caught up in different stuff at the time and focused on individual because, you know, new coach, everybody wants to survive, make it through. We don't know what's going to happen. I think we could have did better, you know, holding guys accountable and being there for them and, and being a friend, like a true friend, where if it's wrong, you should be should be telling them, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that goes into can we last, right, um, as a program? You know, you got your teammates, and then your village, right? Your, your parents and your school. If you, a lot of kids, if they have a good village, like they're going to really succeed and they're set up to succeed. Like the first kid I'm thinking off my head is Finkley. That kid's parents seem on it. He did it right. He's, you know, seems like a very smart kid. He looks great in the weight room from clips I've seen. Like that kid's going to ball out, you know, just looking at, the people around them. You know what I mean? I think that has a big part to play in it and why maybe we've been lacking that, you know, why we've been getting some guy. It's like, maybe they have some, some issues with the people around them. Um, And and even, even just like on the performance side of things too. I mean, look, there's no shortage of talent, right? Like we, those years that we were there, like you look at a lot of guys in the NFL, they're still in the NFL, right? Like we talk about guys who don't get drafted or that fall, in the draft, seventh round, sixth round, fourth round guys like Quandre Diggs is got is getting paid now, you know, and he's he's a starting safety. And Marcus Johnson is still on a team and he was undrafted. And Jordan Hicks and like Malcolm Brown, like all these guys still play, and they were not highly drafted, partially probably because you know it wasn't performing at Texas and it wasn't like necessarily, you know, a Bama style program back then, but these guys are talented and it just, you're right. It takes a village to, to kind of get them to the potential that they need. Yeah. Well, I think I'm sorry. There's a stigma too on UT players in the draft. Let's, we don't need to skip that. You know, Jackson, right, Jeff- yeah, of course, Hendricks award best DN or D lineman in the nation and gets undrafted like ludicrous. And he's still playing. He's winning 
Canadian Bowls, whatever they're called, he's winning them things with Winnipeg still. Like, I just want to let that be known. Like, there is a complete bias, right? <laughs> and we all know that. But it yeah. really is, man. And, and what's crazy about it, even when we were winning, it was still sort of there. We really? had 50. We've talked about it before. We we had damn near 60 folks in the league, everybody contributing, balling. Um, and I think there was a time where we kind of got rid of at least the majority <clears throat> of it. And then, unfortunately, in the last few years, it's it's come back times 20. So Sark has his, his uh, work cut out for him for, for kind of killing that stigma slash soft country club perspective that Texas was. So, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's, that's real right there. That's, that's a huge point for it. Cause dudes that's are d- taking care of business. They are, but going back to it, I guess the question is, are they getting developed? I know we were shit. We were balling, yeah. but are they getting developed? I guess on right. this level and, and that'll give them a, a chance to play on the next level. Yeah, and it's, and hopefully this new staff, you know, I mean, it, it looks like things are working out. I mean, we got a couple of studs on offense. We got a bunch of studs on defense. But real quickly, I know we we talked about what we want the university to ask from the players. But on the flip side of things, let's say that you guys are recruiters, right? Like, what do you what would you tell a student athlete right now? All NIL money aside, but what would you tell someone that is between a&M and Bama and Texas and Georgia. Like what is Texas's selling point right now? The number one thing that you could tell them. Quan, you go first. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, man, you've been having these players come. So something's been working. Oh uh, man. I'm going to tell you really, I, I say it all the time, but, and, and I'm so old school when it comes to this, um, because I remember even telling Marquise, I was like, man, come to, come to Austin on Tuesday and then leave on Thursday see what you think about the city, see what you think about the school, because college station on a weekend is going to seem amazing. I rolled through college station on a Tuesday and it is garbage. It's just <laughs> nothing to do. It's just not the same city. Uh, Tuscaloosa, they've won like crazy, but I don't see Bama players moving back to Tuscaloosa. Matter of fact, the Bama players are moving to Austin. And so really just that combination of a few things that Austin has to bring. And then last but not least, you know, you know, Alex is sitting over at Den balling. I mean, they are one, one state a couple years ago doing this thing, but someone called and you have an opportunity to build and to grow and to get a blue blood or a school that, that you can get back. That I, almost, I don't know if it's a comp, competition perspective. I don't know what it is, but who doesn't want to fix something? Who doesn't want to grow? Who doesn't want to right. you know, bring things? Unfortunately, I, you can't even say bring things back anymore because people go crazy about thinking Texas is back. I mean, you know, ultimately, and and even to that comment, what I would say is, okay, we haven't won as many games, which, by the way, Alabama didn't matter whenever I played. It was USC. It was, you know, Florida. It was all of us. So all these schools are going to go through those downturns. But Texas still, we're five and seven, and we're about to have number one recruiting class. Were we ever gone? Yes, we need to win more. But Texas has always been there and will always be there. So they're college ball is way better when texas is in the mix nationally but the whole question of us being back and this is very biased we never left we're still winning some things especially in every other sport yeah well and that's funny and i'm going on a tangent here but cdc said something that i really liked and it sounds like an ad who's backing his coaches and he said something, you know, we went five and seven. We lost, what, six games in the lead, double digits at half, maybe five, five to six. Check my numbers. But I watched every game last year. You know, what? what's discouraging, right, is losing. You know, Texas OU, I'm actually – I was at Dalton Santos' house. We're hooping and hollering, man. We're having a great time. And then it just slowly – we were like, oh, no, you know. But what, what's, what's so, like, refreshing to see – is when when asked that question, CDC said, we went and did our due diligence and found the best in the business, right? We I, we got them. Like, they're here. You know, like, we w- did that for a reason. Like, we're not just going to refresh and then do it again. You know what I mean? So I thought that right there is setting us up for a really good uh, point. And, then, you know, this year is pivotal for Sark, right? Sark and company. Um, but the fact that you have an athletic director who won the director's cut, what, two years in a row now? Mm-hmm. best athletic program who is backing those guys, man. I think that's huge. Not only for the players, you know, knowing those guys are going to be here, 
but even for the coaches, you know, knowing that we got a guy who supports us and believes in us and knows that we've done really good things at Bama and other schools. Like, dude, I thought that was great. I thought that was awesome. And I'm glad somebody said it like, just because like things are bad, we want to save face and just put it on a coach, you know, or uh, he didn't do good, you know, new staff, new people, you know, those are people's lives too. And so I love seeing that when, when a AD sticks up for them guys. And, And we do have one of the, if not the best coaching staff, in the nation, you know, even you look at each level and, and who they've coached, man, you know, I, I think it's great. And, and I just wanted to let that be known. Like I rock with that. I like what he said. And as a coach now, I respect it even more. Oh yeah. What's crazy about that. And, and, and not to cut y'all, but Tom, it was, we don't talk a lot about what Tom did. Cause that was a, a interesting time for us. But one of the things he said when he actually almost got me to be like, oh, man, this guy might be that dude. As he said, you know, coaches, players, which that's relative. That's a little hyperbole, but they don't win championships. Administrations do. Now, no, for players and coaches do do their part as well. However, you know, having a, you know, DeLoss, having a Powers, having a Mac that we just got it on such a level that we've talked about it a million times on here. We haven't been that stable in a very long time on right. that level. You know, uh, Hartzell is as real as it gets. CDC has is figuring it out. And certainly what he has figured out is how the coaches and them get along and he has their back. And that trickles down to every sport where everybody just – it's amazing going there just, one, you're some of the highest paid coaches on the planet, but that also comes with pressure. But yeah. then if he can take that pressure off you and still take care of you, that's 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 something special that you could you can figure out. And clearly they have in every sport, but the one that we're hoping for in the fall and we're feeling optimistic about it. Yeah. Well, it also goes back to like just culture in general of, of everything trickles down from the top. Like we had Malik Jefferson on a couple months ago and he talked about how the Indianapolis Colts have an amazing have amazing organization because they just do things right from the very tip top. And it trickles and down. It, exactly. And and it it really just it trickles down to the entire organization. And that's the same thing here, right? Like with CDC's instilling in this university, it's gonna work out. I mean, we we just need time. That's really what it is. I mean, Kirby Smart won his first natty in for six years, right? Like he came to Georgia six years ago, and that's how long it took him. It doesn't happen overnight. And like none of these guys, I mean, Chuck Strong. And Tom Herman, four years, four years. I mean, this is Sarkeesian's second year. So really four years was because of contracts. I mean, there was chirping after two, you know, exactly. Just that that's just, we can't keep doing that. (laughs) We cannot keep doing that. And this recruiting class also, we're, we're as bad as some of the kids these days. We get distracted real quick because I know I've consistently forgot that we went five and seven last year <laughs> with what I'm seeing now. But, um, but the, all that support matters. Everybody buying in matters. And, and certainly I, I clearly we have a lot excluding NIL because I, I, I truly believe Arch Manning didn't make an NIL decision. No, I, I think he no. made a life. He don't need money. <laughs> he doesn't need money. He, the, 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 the Manning empire is fine <laughs> and growing. And so I, I think that, that's something that I, that's going to have ripple effects as far as what Sark and their crew are selling. And clearly it's something to be said about it. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I go back. Yes, we had a five and seven, but Texas not, they was never gone. We don't need to come back. We need to win more games, but Texas is still that brand that you can see on every corner of the country. And, and it's, it's a lot of pride behind it. It's the same thing as the Knicks. Honestly, I've said it on the show before, like the first and the people are scared to go to there, but the people, the first person that comes in and gets us to the playoffs, not even when does the natty, like, let's say Quinn comes in either this year. It's everything goes amazingly well, or let's say it goes next year. We go to the playoffs in the second year as a starter. What is, how is a school going to, you know, view him? I mean, like Colt, Obviously, he has all the records and everything, but he doesn't. He hasn't. He didn't win. He got us there, but he didn't win. And he is one of the most top three heralded players, top five heralded players in the history of our program. The first person that gets us there is, you know, practically like build a statue. Second coming. Then the guy that gets us to the, you know, at least the game. The guy, the first person that wins, the first QB and the first like big player, you know, be it a running back or receiver or defensive guy, like 
that not only changes the future of a potential dynasty of a program like ours, because that's like a, a blue chip can do that. A blue chip can become a dynasty, but they're going to be God walking around 40 acres. And who, and that's why I think a guy like Arch Manning goes and does something like this because it's not Peyton went to Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is big, but like Tennessee's not the end all be all Ole Miss wasn't the end all be all, you know, and obviously they had ties there, but I think Arch wants a challenge. And we want a guy that wants a challenge. Definitely. Definitely. And also like on the flip side as well, you, you, he goes to a school like Bama, right? Where every quarterback that's gone through there now at this point in the NFL, right? I mean, talking about Tua and even Hertz and Mac Jones, like he's not necessarily going to be that guy to take over the entire franchise. I mean, it's, they've already been winning, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we talked about it last week on the show that Manning has been, seasoned and primed for this pressure his entire life because he's a Manning, right? And he's up for this. And this is something that's bigger. It's the pressure of Texas football. It's not like anything else, in my opinion. I got another question for you. Oh, go ahead, Toss. I was just going to say real quick is I think the really interesting thing, and I I don't know if it was yesterday or over the weekend where Arch in some response, and I'm going to paraphrase, and it's not the entire quote here, but he was just like, I want to, I just want to play football. And him making that point of emphasis where some of the other guys after he committed have committed and said, you know, I want to bring Texas back. And they keep using that, that language, bringing Texas back, we're back. But to me, I point to, I point to one of our previous players using that language saying we're back after we went and beat Georgia in the sugar bowl. And it was, it was Sam, right? It was Sam Ellinger. That's a guy who put in the work to get the team back. Right. You can't, you can't be back unless you actually put in the work. Cause it's easy. Like in this like hot take culture, right? That's what sports media is. Everyone's out there. They want to say cool things. They want to be the next big thing. It's fun to say like, I'm going to bring Texas back, but you actually have to put the work in to bring Texas back. Right. It's not, it's, it's, it's a two-step process. And I think to me, Arch saying that he's emphasizing he wants to play football is an indication that he can be the same type of cultural leader that, that Sam was for our team and did the rest of the team buy in with Sam? Some guys did, some guys didn't. I think that's why we were, you know, we had our ups and downs with him as, as our quarterback. And so it's just about that, that total buy-in and the consistency and culture with time, Nick, like what you were saying, which I thought was, it's really, yeah, really poignant. And you'll see with those guys like Arch and, and within not only that class, but on campus, there has to be like in the Texas great years, you can put on one hand, on each side of the ball, who them dudes were like that, you know, are going to just carry on the next group. Right. Uh, that's kind of what we're seeing at the successful programs like Bama each year. It's a new cornerback, right? Not quarterback, cor- a CBDB, whatever new safety. It's like it, they continue to carry it on. Right. And we haven't had that for a while, you know, like it was, it was uh Brian Arakpo. Then it became surge. Right. And then the next person, AO. And then the next person, Jackson Jeffco, said Reed, so on and so forth, right? You know, but at least like three or four different positions on the field, like that's when you know Texas is really good. Like, so you have maybe Arch and Jonte and, you know, hopefully Anthony Hill. I'll say this if Anthony commits to Texas, I think just because I know him and I've seen him play, he, he has zero fear of anybody and he looks way bigger than the pictures. I promise you. He's, <laughs> My brother, my brother is strong as an ox, like starting center for Ryan as well. He's stronger than my brother. Like, I mean, up there, weight, and can run and hit, has no – I mean, he may start day one if if he commits, <laughs> in cool. my opinion, because he's yeah. strong right now as a college football player. Yeah. Well, didn't Malik no, start a day one, right? Uh, he, played, guess, yeah. he played early. He, he did play early. Yeah, that big play in the first drive. Mm-hmm. And then kind of from that point, it was like, oh, yep. If if he commits to Texas, Q, you're gonna have a conversation with him because he wins he wears number six. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude, yeah, it's all good. Tell him to come on. It is available <laughs> for him. I don't care who's in it now. We will have a conversation with them as well. We need him. But no, uh, no that's cool, man. I that's first of all, they can be fired up. Um, but say I got another question for you, which by the way, Wiley. Don't take this wrong. He's going to be there for as long as he needs to. But clearly your pops, high, great high school coach as well. Is that what you see yourself 10 years from now is still being at the high school level, coll- collegiate level? 
because you have both. I mean, you D1 baller too. You have that knowledge, the memories from mentors back in those days. What, what do you see, you know, 10, 10 years from now? Of course, new baby and wifey has, you know, weigh in on that as well. Yep. But right. um, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, so I guess the way I've been looking at it, you know, what made me so as a as a teacher, I have to look at like decisions. Right. Or even just I look at things differently. Like, why did I like why do I like coaching? You know, so let's really break it down. I love kids. I love football. I love coming together for a common goal above me. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are things that I find joy in. Right. And then obviously winning and going out there. And like my personality, the way I see football being played, get implemented in a game and like it's successful. Like there's no feeling like it. Like it's, it is, it is like just thrilling to me. Like if we go on a pump block, I mean, I'm putting everything I got into this pump block. I'm designing like, Hey, your job's this, this, that, you know what I mean? And like, when I see it happen, it's like, they're going to have, I have, I have a get back coach. Like you better get me. Cause I'm going to be on the field <laughs> out there, like get pointing up coach. in the air, getting ready to jump, you know, man. Like I just, yeah. when I look at it, I love it for the passion. I love it for, you know, reaching a common goal. And then the kids are great. So for me, high school football is right where I want to be. Yeah. Do I want to go to the college football level? Have I pondered that? Absolutely. Um, have I tried to actually? Yeah. Um, but obviously things didn't you know pan out which is okay you know but it was a it was a one-time deal I really was serious about it and tried to but um it just didn't work out but no high school man I love it maybe down the road if I can do some Jeff trailer crap go win a bunch <laughs> of state championships hopefully maybe make a move. I don't know I like that man that's real no man no, I love be- Texas high school football again it's funny how, how all this worked I'm texting freaking radio on the way in and then my 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 high school coach Terry Cron was texting me about something else uh, from Mark back in the day, man. So I follow it like crazy. Proud of you on every level, but this that's good stuff, man. Appreciate it, man. Josh. All right, we ask all our guests this the end of the show, man. Can be from you playing off the field, on the field, in the locker room, anywhere. What is your favorite memory as a Texas Longhorn? Man, yeah, I wish I, I would have had an answer if I really thought about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say, I would say this through all the adversity we had our senior year, right? I, and it's not just one moment, but um, kind of like a collection of beating Oklahoma and Baylor that year. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because it was my last year, so it's a lot more memorable for me. Um, but just being one and four going into the Red River rivalry, I mean, that's a not a good position to be in, right? But we had nothing to lose, and like we knew we were gonna get after them. We had a good game plan. I was confident in it, and that's when we broke out the old belldozer package, the eighteen wheeler, for the first time. You know, like that. That I would say probably beating Oklahoma our, our senior year, just because it was hard, and that was my last. You know, I had about six guaranteed games after that uh and i just was like man i'm just gonna play every game like i can't you know like i have nothing left and you know unfortunately fortunately we came out with the win but i'd say that's my favorite memory on the field uh nick we've had some fun memories too just hanging out oh yeah (laughs) always a good time man texas i remember a good one too when i first started doing that whole radio thing over in west virginia that was was some good stuff (laughs) up there too (laughs) but that was that was before chuck i think that was max last year wasn't it yeah I'll actually yeah. tell you, because I think Max said it at the press conference that Monday, because I'd never been to a press conference. I'm a fullback, man. I just blocked. <laughs> He's like, yeah, all right, uh, go. I'll go with Bianco. Go talk and, uh, you know, do this. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, you're going to go talk to the cameras. I'm like, all right, do I need to have questions? Or, like, I don't know. He's like, Alex, <laughs> go with John. Or <laughs> just go in there. He'll ask the questions. That's awesome. That's cool. I remember going in there. I was nervous as hell. And. You know, next, I guess it was Monday, we went up to the north end zone, got the pluckers. Then I was like, okay, I can get used to this. We can, uh, <laughs> we can talk. Do you ever, Let's do you ever, uh, the ball, coach? I need to get back up here for free pluckers on Monday. Do that honestly was the oh, best. Yeah. Do you, ever bust, you ever bust out any of the old uh, footage you can game, game film for the, the players that you have in Texas? Actually, do. Yeah. Um, 
back when I was coaching offense. So I actually switched back to defense um, this past season. Um, but being a running back coach, you know, cut block was probably my specialty. I was really good at it. Um, and, and a lot of what we have to do as blockers, you know, I think my first two years I did running backs, H-backs at Ryan was um, like the details that go into it. And a lot of stuff with blocking, you use what the defense is coached to do against them. You know what I mean? When that, that goes into a lot of different things, but um, I'd pull out some cut block stuff and how to read outside zone. I think that when we had Texas tech, Tyrone busted that long run at the end. Um, oh, I don't know how there, but it was in the boundary too. I knew it was cutting it up. And I was like, well, I was going to stick it right here and see if I can make a hole. And it just naturally worked out and I'll show them that too. And uh, you know, I, I pull out the practice stuff. I'll still, uh, I was roommates with Duke Thomas, so I still hit up Duke, and I'll find some seven-on-seven seven clips where I'm at wide out. I don't know why I'm at wide out. <laughs> wide out running a slant and catching it on him. He's like, we were in cover two, bro. And I was like, whatever. I still caught it on That's hilarious. Yeah, responsibility. Kayla, appreciate man, your dude. time, man. We, yeah. we really appreciate you. We're proud of you, man. Good luck to Wiley this season. Looking forward to catching up with you again, man. Yeah, yes, man. Sir. Thank you all for having me. Um been a pleasure i love doing this stuff and i can do oh, football man. talk all day yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got crazy. a bunch of games man we'll have you back brother yeah not yeah. surprised but super proud of you man congrats on the little one and your family and uh yeah man keep up the great work brother will do thank you guys i appreciate y'all man hook them hook them everybody hook them hard Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.